Got some questions for you this evening. If you'll be turning your Bibles to the book of Acts, I've got some questions for you. Before we get to that, concerning next Sunday afternoon's uh, children's uh, holiday gathering, uh, please bring extra toys. The children and parents meeting next Sunday afternoon will be gathering toys for those in need. And so if you have the opportunity, if you can possibly remember after tonight to think about this, then it would be great to see our fellowship hall basically covered with, with toys uh, for little ones. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we're going to be done. What does the word Pentecost mean? What does the word Pentecost mean? Where does the word Pentecost show up in the book of Acts? Okay. All right, Acts 2 verse 1 shows up, the word Pentecost, and it is a Jewish feast that happened how many days, Brother Mark? 50 days after the Jewish feast of Passover. Okay, so the word Pentecost means 50, has the idea of 50 in it. It also was uh, known as the Feast of Ingathering or the Feast of First Fruits, Pentecost was, because it is that time of year back under the, the old law, it's that time of year around September, October, they would celebrate the harvest, the grain harvest especially, and thank the Lord uh, for their uh, blessings. So this occurred every year uh, for the Jewish people under the old law of Moses back in these, these days. But this particular Pentecost is special in Acts chapter 2. This Pentecost, this one had been pointed to by the prophets for quite some time. This Pentecost was to bring not only a grain harvest, but this Pentecost would bring a gospel harvest, the first true gospel harvest, the first fruits in that sense. And so what a day, what a day. And as Acts 2 verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come or finally fulfilled, would be another good translation there. When, when the day of Pentecost was finally fulfilled, it was pointing to a certain time, a certain part of history. We remember reading in Galatians 4 and verse 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born, under, under, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem us. This is a very special time. And so out of this context, I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Number one, who did the adding to the church? Who did? Who did the adding? Who did the adding to the church? Who did the adding to the church? The Lord. What makes you say that? What? The Bible says that. <laughs> You're not 14 anymore. <laughs> the Bible. 
All of a sudden, I thought I saw Jake at home sitting right next to you. Okay. The Lord added, Acts 2, uh, 47. Acts 2, 47. It doesn't actually say church there. Okay, but the word church is implied. To add, the Lord added to their number. So, hmm? right, New King James says church. The word church is not actually in the Greek Testament, but it is strongly implied, and we'll be showing why it's strongly implied. Okay, it's a good translation to have the word church there. It's just not actually there, okay, which is okay. It's okay. It's the way translations work. Are there other passages in Acts that emphasize the Lord adding? The Lord adding. Verse. Okay, read 2.21 for us. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, Acts 2.21. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right. Kim brings up, references that verse. Notice Acts 2 and 41, what does that say? Those who gladly, what? Okay, they were added unto them 3,000 souls, Acts 2, 41. Acts 2, 41. Did you find any other references about additions in the book of Acts? What about Acts 5? In verse 14, Acts 5 and verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. So the correct answer is the Lord does the adding to the church. Are there other passages in the New Testament, New Testament beyond the book of Acts that would support this ideal as well. Are there other passages that would support the ideal of the Lord adding to the church? Beyond the book of Acts. What about when Jesus responded to Peter? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, What? Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say unto you, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll do right. Do what? Oh, there it is. I will build my church. Okay. So who does the building of the church? The Lord. The Lord adds to the church. The Lord builds the church. Any other passages in our broader context that might bring out this idea. One that you love to read over in 1 Corinthians 3 in verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3 in verse 6, Paul said, I planted, what comes after that? There you go. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. 
And he goes on to say, he that plants is nothing, he that waters is nothing, but God gives the increase. There's another supporting passage that supports this idea that God adds to the church. The Lord, the Lord adds to the church. The one sitting on the throne. Peter had just gone through that, Acts 2, 32 and 33. This Jesus God raised up. And now sitting on the right hand of God, the one sitting on the throne adds to his church. The one sitting on the throne is the one that builds the church. What takeaways can we take away from this? We might ask before we move on to the next question. I would say that it's important for us to keep God in his place and to keep us in our place. Only God can make things grow. That's a life principle if there ever was one. Only God can make things grow. Okay, whether you're talking about physical life on earth or whether you're talking about spiritual life within the hearts of individuals, only God can make things grow. Okay, he's the one on the throne. He gives the increase. And then we need to stay in our place. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. We need to stay in our place. Back over in 1 Corinthians 3, if you'll, if you'll not start in verse uh, 6, but rather verse 5, Paul refers to himself and Apollos. He says, who, who are we? Who are we? We're just servants through whom you learn the gospel. That's all we are. We're just servants through whom you learn Jesus. I planted Apollos water. God gives the increase. We are nothing that's, that's our place. We are nothing. We're simply servants. He is the Lord, and He is He's the Master. Okay. So we learn our place. Our place is to be in the Word. Our place is to be on our knees and let God give the increase. And before we move to our next question, let's think about this as well. Let's... Let's be warned of the danger of human wisdom. Let's be warned of the danger of human wisdom. Humans like to begin to think of themselves as more than what they are. This was happening in the church at Corinth. Okay. They were big on human wisdom. Oftentimes the world seeps into the church. Oftentimes it's hard to get the world out of the church. And so Paul is dealing with this here in 1 Corinthians 3. In chapter 1, okay, you remember that they have become preoccupied with personalities. Okay. I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and there they go in their divisions. Okay. That's human wisdom, to be occupied, preoccupied with personalities. In chapter 2, it Evidently, they were preoccupied with performance. Notice what Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, 2 and the first uh, few verses. He said, when I came unto you, I didn't come with excellent speech or of wisdom, but rather I just determined to know, not know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay. This is very important emphasis of Paul. Because he is, he is countering the culture there in Corinth. 
They were big on personalities. They were big on performance. Okay. But notice what Paul says. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians 2. I decided not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom. I didn't try to impress with my words, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith, this is huge, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We must resist human wisdom. Okay. So someone comes to you and says, um, you've been talking to me about the church, hadn't you? And and you say yes. You've been, you've been talking to me about the gospel, yes. Suppose that person says to you, I know you've been trying to save me. What are you going to say to them? Yes. No. no. You're going to say, I'm not, I can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. I've never saved anyone. And I can say that and you can say that. If anyone has ever been saved, God's done the saving. Amen. Okay. God's done the saving. Wouldn't it have been a terrible burden to bear, and God has not put this burden on us, but wouldn't it be a terrible burden for, to bear if we did have to build a church? Well, I don't know that we'd be able to sleep. Okay. Well, we, that's not our job. God gives the increase. We do as He does, tells us to do. We serve as He tells us to serve. We, we um, think and behave like He tells us to think and behave. He will build the church. He will do it. All right, second question. Second question. Going back to this addition business, who was it that was added? The Lord added to the church. Well, who was it of, of the people on the earth? Who was it? Go, go back to Acts 2.47. Who, who was it that was added? That's our second. Was it? Speak. Okay. Okay. Acts 2.47. Those who were being saved. Those who were being saved were added to the church. That's the answer. Those who are being saved. Now, can you look into Acts chapter 2 and explain to someone to someone about who are the saved? Who 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 are these saved people? If they were being if God was adding those being saved to the church, now who are these people who were saved? What what is it that they did to become saved? Verse 38. Verse 38. What does that say? Okay, so definitely verse 38 ties in with this idea of being saved. In fact, to have remission of sins or forgiveness of sins would be equal to being, to being saved. And they were to repent and be baptized. Go a little bit further around those same verses there in verse 38, verse 36 and 37. We can safely say those who were convicted about their sin, those who were convinced that Jesus is Lord, Son of God. And those who were willing to submit and obey, repent and be baptized, 
Those are the ones that were saved from their sins, forgiven of their sins. So just work your way through Acts and Peter's sermon there. Go back to a verse that Ken mentioned a moment ago, Acts 2.21. Those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That doesn't mean to pray. That means to render obedience unto the Lord. That's what that means. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How do you know that? Well, you compare what the Bible says. Acts 22, 16, when Ananias came and Saul was now in a full state of repentance and regret, he's ready to receive further instructions from Ananias, the preacher. Acts 22, 16, he says, Now, now, now Saul, why do you tarry? Arise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Okay. So to call on the name of the Lord is to render is to listen to him carefully and render obedience. Okay. So come on through Acts chapter two. You stopped at Acts two twenty one and you stopped at Acts two thirty six and thirty eight. Okay. Stop there in Acts two and thirty nine. Somebody read that for us. Acts 2.39. Read it real loud. Okay. So all of those that are called by the Lord are those who are saved. All those who are called by the Lord are those who are saved. And we know from other passages such as 2 Thessalonians 2 and 14 that that we are called by the gospel, by hearing the word, hearing the word. Notice right here, as you're reading Acts 2, and you come to 37, it says, when they heard this, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said, what shall we do? So God was calling them through the preaching of Peter, through the words of the gospel. When they heard it, they were pricked. God is calling them. Whenever we are reading the Bible and absorbing it, God is calling to us. He's calling to us through His, through His Word. Okay. Now, interestingly, over in Colossians 3, verse 15, Paul says that we are, we are called into the one body of Christ. Okay. Now, Colossians 1, um, 18 and 24 says the body of Christ is the church. Okay, I told you that here in Acts 2, the word church is definitely implied. Okay, because those who are being saved here are being called by God. All those who respond to that call become part of the one body. The body, and the body is the church. You see, verse, <laughs> verse 39. Now read verse 41. As we think about the saved, verse 41, those who gladly received his word were baptized and were added unto them that day about 3,000 souls. So to gladly receive the word is to obey. If we hear the word and we don't obey, we don't do it, then we're not gladly receiving it. We we would be like... um, we would be like Jesus' discussion there in Matthew 7. We would be like the foolish man who Jesus said, all those who hear my sayings and, 
and do not do them, well, I will liken him unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. But you're, you build your house on the rock when you hear the sayings of Jesus, and you actually do them. Okay. So Acts 2.41, those who are saved are those who gladly hear the word of God. And part of hearing that word, of course, is to be baptized for the remission of sins. Again, compare a verse here. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one spirit are you all baptized into one body. There it is again, one body, which is the church. Okay. So in Acts 2, the, the ideal of the church is strongly implied okay, because to be baptized for remission of sins is to be baptized into that one body. So it's, it is the Lord adding to his church. He's adding those who are being saved to his church. Okay. All right. Now, all of this makes clear sense with what Paul says in Ephesians 5.23 when he says that Jesus is the, the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. You see, he's the savior of the body. He's the savior of the church. Those who are saved, the Lord adds them to the church. Those that the Lord adds, he, is, he saves them. You see. And so we don't become part of the church by, by asking to be part of the church or by somebody voting us in or by being physically born to somebody who's already going to church there. No, by submitting to the Lord's will, okay, he would then, when we truly submit, to his true gospel, then he will add us to his, to his church. Okay. All right, third question then. When you look back to Acts 2, when were they being added? Those being added, when were they added? Verse 47. Or I'll say it this way, how often were they added? Daily. Day by day, day by day. What thoughts come to your mind when you think about them being added day by day, day by day, day by day? What do you have to have if you're going to have additions? If you're going to have daily additions, what do you need daily? Teaching. You need daily teaching. Because it all begins with faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that without faith it's impossible to be well-pleasing unto God. But Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes to by hearing the word of Christ. It's got, you've got to have daily teachings. And that's what they were doing. If you notice in verse 46 of Acts 2, they were meeting day by day. And they were encouraging one another. And they were teaching. And others were, were coming together with them. And they were, so they were teaching. Okay. There's, there's just a big proportion here, right? The, the uh, number of addition, additions will come about in proportion to the amount of seed that is sown. The gospel is the seed and the amount of teaching that's done is proportionate to the number of additions that will occur. Okay. So we like Paul, you know, Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, by all means, by all means. I think that's, that's a great motto to capture for a group of followers of Jesus. You know, you know what he said, to the Jew I became as a Jew, to the Greeks I became as a Greek, to the Gentiles I became as a Gentile, that 
by all means I may save some. By all means. And what he's meaning there is as, as whatever he had to do to get the word out, whatever he had to do. And so we go along those lines. I don't know that we're completely in step with the early disciples quite yet, but we're headed that direction. We have different assemblies. We don't just meet on Sunday morning. We have, we have Bible class times. We have assemblies on Sunday evening. We have assemblies on Wednesday evening. We have special classes for men, for ladies throughout uh, the week. But that's not going to get it all done. There has to be individual initiative, individual effort as well. But by all means, that's why we send out. We send out and we pick up and we take. By all means. By all means. Is there any means that you would be willing to hold back not to see the gospel go out? Paul says, by all means, get this word out. Is there something that you would sit there and stare at and say, well, I know I can get the gospel out with this, but I'm just not going to do it, you know? I have the opportunity to do it, but I'm just, you know, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to work. Well, that's not, a, that's not a problem with the means. That's a problem with your faith. God said, I'll give the increase. You get it out there. You get it out there. So that's why we, we send out house to house. That's why we... We pick up tracks, that's why we spread tracks, that's why we, we scatter all that we can scatter. That's why we have, you know, Wi-Fi service, that's why we have internet service. By all means, by all means, to get the gospel out. So every day, every day, we've got to find a way to talk about Christ. We don't lack the ability to talk. We talk about a lot of things. A lot of things. Growing up, I would hear the phrase, he can talk the hind leg, hind leg off of a dog. Or she can do that. More likely, she can do that. I've always wondered, why the hind leg of a dog? And I got to thinking about it. And we had dogs everywhere growing up. Okay? And they were always getting into fights. And usually the hind leg was injured. Or else they would be out on the road and they would get partially run over. And they would, they would go around. You ever seen a dog go around as a three-legged dog for a long time? And finally he would heal. That, that hind leg would get healed. We wouldn't do anything to it. He would just somehow work it out. So after six or eight months of hobbling around, he would be okay again. We can talk about a lot of things. We just got to learn to talk about Christ. Here in the book of Acts, Acts 6, verse 7, Acts 4, verse 4, the Word of God increased. That means I just kept talking about Christ. And as the Word of God increased, then additions were made. The Lord added. We just got to find a way. There's no, there's no press this button and this happens. Okay? There's no insert your credit card here and this happens. There's no way around it other than the old Acts chapter 8 verse 4 approach, those who were scattered everywhere went about teaching the word. Okay. This is not just my responsibility, it's yours, not just yours, but it's mine. It's all of us together and that's the only way it can get done. We cannot opt in for part of the package. Okay. We don't get 
Christianity by wanting to have part of the package. I'll, I'll take the worship part, I'll take the fellowship part, but I'll leave the talking about Christ part to somebody else. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to opt in for part of the package. It's, it's either all or it's none. Love the Lord your all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Lord asks of the church, He works through us. Okay. It's not the fact that the Lord built the church and then handed it over to us. That's not what happened. The Lord's still building His church, but He works through us. Okay. You might want to mark this passage, Philippians 2. We don't say anything around here unless we have Bible authority for it. Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So with the word of God in you and the word of God on your lips, the Lord God will work through you for you and for others. God works for people through people who have the word of God. Next question. Going back to Acts 2.47, next question is, what were those who were added, what was their attitude toward God? Those who were added, what was their attitude toward God? Praising God all the time. That was it. That was their focus. We mentioned that this morning. Our focus, our living, our drive has got to be the glory of God. The glory of God. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus. Galatians 6, 14. 1 Corinthians 1, 31. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay. They just wanted to praise God. They knew that by sharing God's word, this was the quickest and best way to praise the Lord, to bring him glory. Let your light so shine before men, Jesus said, Matthew 5, 16, that they may see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. They were all about just praising God, praising God. Passage to mark here, and I want the reason I want to mark it is to make sure this is where it's at. Second Corinthians five. Okay, if this is not where it's at, we're just going to move on. Right. But here it is. Second Corinthians five verse nine. Second Corinthians five verse nine. If you're in the mark in your Bible, or taking a picture of a verse. So verse 9, 2 Corinthians 5, So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. There's your motto for life. Okay. Whether I'm close to death or not, whether I actually die, go home with the Lord. If I, if I die, you think I'm going to stop pleasing the Lord? That'd just be a better opportunity to please the Lord. Whether I'm at home, if I stay here home in the body, or if I'm away and I'm with the Lord, I'm going to make it mine to please Him. And then final question. Back to Acts 2.47. Those who are added, what was their relationship to the community? Having favor, praising God and having favor with all the people. What could this mean? What could this mean? This is Luke writing a history 
of what's happening in the early church. This is history. This is history being recorded. Okay. This is not necessarily a command to do. Okay. But at this time in history, they were having favor with a lot in the community. Let's try to explain this for a second. The resurrection of Jesus threw a lot of the religious leaders into a tailspin. They didn't know what to do. The tomb was empty. They couldn't find Jesus. And yet, his disciples going around preaching that he was crucified. His blood is on your hands. He is resurrected. Okay, you ought to submit to him. Okay. It took them a while. Now, for a while, there was an opportunity to really spread the gospel. And boy, these apostles and others, they really, there was an open door here for a while. For a while. Okay. If you read over in, I think it's Acts 4, verse 5, they will detain Peter and John. Okay. And the same characters, the same characters, O, o Caiaphas, old high priest, the same one you read about in John 18 with the arrest of Jesus and the trial of Jesus. These same characters, they've been quiet for a while, you know, but here they are back. They're back. And now they're arresting Peter and John. They're creating havoc in the church. By the time you get to Acts 7 and 8, okay, what's happening? Stoning of Stephen and the church has to scatter. But here for a little while, they had favor with all the people, and boy, they took advantage of that open door. And they went at it, spreading the word. Okay. It's not that we are to try to curtsy favor with people. Never, 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 never. Our job is to not make people like us. Okay? That's not our job. Now, if we become like Christ, those who are good and honest heart are going to, you know, it's not a popularity contest, but they're going to have respect. If somebody has a good and honest heart, they're going to respect those who follow Christ. But it's not our job to make people like us. Okay? Remember what Paul said in Galatians 1 verse 10? He says, if I seek to please men, I cannot be the servant of Christ. Okay. What Luke is doing here, he's just recording a portion of history. And they took advantage of this, of this short time. You know, eventually Paul's going to die. Right? They're going to kill Paul. Eventually Peter's going to die. Eventually John's going to be uh, banished to the Isle of Patmos. You know, there's a lot of, you know, you read through the book of Acts, there's a lot of beatings that take place. But for a short time here, there was an open window of really being able to spread the gospel, even there in Jerusalem, Judea, and they really took advantage of that time. They remember the words of Jesus in John 9, verse 4. We must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no man can work. They had daytime right there in, in their, before them, and they were taking advantage of the day before the night comes. We had better be doing the same thing. And so these that were added, they had a relationship there with the community, and yet the Jewish leaders were just waiting to try to stir things up again. And they did. And the Romans again got involved. Havoc came upon the church, but still the gospel went forth. This, the early church 
would not sacrifice mission work for any reason whatsoever. The church, by its very nature, is, a, is an unselfish church. It's a mission church. Well, Acts chapter 2, it's a beautiful chapter. We just, we just glance at it. I encourage you to keep reading. I encourage you to read the book of Acts. I encourage you to take other people there, and you can see for yourself, just asking a few questions and giving the simple answers can really open up someone's eyes and help them to see salvation. Will you come home to God even this evening? Come right now as we stand together, as we sing.